Welcome to Say Your Peace, episode number 51. My name is Jamar. My name is Christiane, and today we have experienced curator and community builder, Gabriel Galarza. Hey. Hiya. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Happy to be here. Happy to hear. It's a, it's a privilege and an honor. Very excited. And today, I want to be able to share with our listeners what exactly is an experienced curator. And what is the difference between a curator and a community builder? Yeah. So let's start with that. That's so funny. So uh, the, what is a, an experienced curator? I basically was just trying to figure out a cool name to call myself, I think, outside of work. So <laughs> day job, I pretty much am in tech, uh, consult within tech. Um, it's not a glamorous sounding job. It, it sounds like what it is, but I enjoy what I do. It pays the bills. But on the side, I'm super passionate about just creating an experience. And so I... I thought about, do I want to call myself an experienced engineer, um, a creator of experiences, but experienced curator was short enough to just kind of keep it simple. And, and kind of what it is, is just pretty much putting things together, right? I want to create an environment where people walk in, they feel something, they leave feeling impacted. You know, having the power to say someone came out of a situation feeling a certain way, um, I think that's powerful. And I think everybody has their avenue of wanting to uh, make someone feel or create. And I think just the experience itself is something that I'm super passionate about. So that's what experienced curator means. And I think the community building aspect of it kind of comes around with building people uh, or a community of people that want to share something that's very like-minded within those spaces. So that's my long-winded answer, but yeah, experienced curator is what I settled on. And that r ranges from what type of events exactly? Yeah, so I think it, it started off as just doing just random gatherings with friends. It started off in college of just bringing people together to just celebrate anything. Um, I'm super passionate about celebrating just literally whatever accomplishments in people's lives because it's just a reason to pop a bottle of champagne or just drink a little sum sum. So well, whatever the case may be. So uh, we've done, I think it all started just by putting small things together. I moved out to the Bay Area and I realized like I didn't have too many friends out here. So me and my good friend, Kyle, who, who's been on the show before, we pretty much are super passionate about just bringing people together just to do something. And so we pretty much started just inviting everybody we knew in every circle imaginable to just like a small gathering at our apartment to start, try to just branch out our, our friend group. From there, friends bring friends, good, good like-minded people bring good like-minded people around. And from there, we just kind of expanded out. And so then we started throwing like a boat party, which is like the first thing we did got about 130 people to get on a boat in San Francisco, um, which like actually like got packed out and some people actually got turned away. It turned into like some sort of club. I don't know how that happened, but um, <laughs> that was like the first experience that we had of like actually organizing something for people to come together and celebrate, but also do something a little extra, which is kind of what branched into our business that turned into uh, an event planning business and a community building business, which we call Over the Top. Um, so happy to talk about that a little bit more, but overall going forward, we planned events at yachts, we went to nightclubs, uh, we just did like general events, girls night outs, uh, birthday parties, party buses, uh, you name it. We just try to find ways to just bring people together, and just have a good time. Lit. I know, I we talked about this OTT, this OTT, which I've been there before at a few of your events. <laughs> yeah, Congrats. yeah, we celebrated your birthday about two years ago. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I yeah we, we let me bring it back. We talked to Kyle about OTT briefly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we talked about how it came to be 
but I think you talked about it a little more into depth, but do you think that was kind of scary for you to start OTT? Yeah, I mean, I think starting something is always a little scary, for sure. Um, I think the, the scary part about events specifically is that, you know, if your business doesn't do well, you know, or like something doesn't do well, nobody's going to know, right? Because they don't see the, the money happening under, under, the, <laughs> under the hood. But with an event, if nobody shows up, that's pretty evident. And that hits your pride pretty quickly. Like, hey, like this event is like not doing so well. So not only do you feel any in your pockets, but it's also a pride thing where it's like, oh, wow, this event sucked. Mm-hmm. Nobody came out to it. Um, so it's definitely a scary feeling. But I think what I started to learn over time is like the more authentic the invite is, the more authentic the actual uh, event is to the people that you're inviting out. Um, that's what gets people to come because we've definitely had the experience of trying to do something just to do it um, for clout's sake or whatever you may call it. And it just didn't work out. So it's definitely scary in that space. Yeah. Did you always want to do this or did you just happen to just like start doing it one day? No, I, so it's funny because, you know, just even growing up as a, as a young kid, I was a shy kid and mm-hmm. I was the one that never wanted to talk. Um, I was hide behind, hide behind my mom all the time. And I think just kind of going through college and just kind of coming to my own and being in the social setting, I realized what I enjoyed and I had a power to just be able to speak to people. And I think from then I, I read a bunch of books like um, How to Win Friends and Influence Others um, and, and things like that to kind of learn how to just communicate better with people. Um, and just overall, just be able to just be a better people person and communicate better. So from there, that kind of led me to just be more about around people a little bit. And I think that's what kind of ultimately got me to uh, wanting to just be around people and like cultivating communities. Uh, community is powerful. You know, I think you all are probably uh, you know, involved in communities yourselves, whether it's, you know, in the film industry or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but communities are what keep people around. I think, you know, you think about like gym communities, like, uh, CrossFit, like that's like a crazy community, mm-hmm. right? If somebody's in CrossFit, you know, they're in CrossFit, the vegan community, you know, they will attack you together. Holistically. <laughs> um, like, those communities are powerful. And that's what keeps people tight in those, in those groups. So I'm a big point of it. So you talked about having to read a few books right? Uh, how to win friends and influence was I've heard of that book before. Right. Yeah. But what kind of opened up the doors to be more curious about that? Do you think it was your Mm -hmm. going through college or? Yeah. Just, just reading books in general. Oh, really? No, I was just asking, do you mean just reading books in general or? I mean, here's the thing. You crack open up a book and you're just like, okay, I'm interested in this book. I kind of want to read it. But what essentially sparked your interest in opening an interesting book? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty corny with it. I just like all the self-help books. And I'm curious to hear what you all think. Like, for me, it's just I need a self-help book, something that's going to, like, help me improve my the betterment of me as a human being. And I think that's the stuff that I get all gushy about. Um, and so when I read books and stories, I talk through that. Um, it's always big. So like the alchemist was one book that I was first introduced to. I don't know if you've heard of it, but pretty much someone that goes through this journey of trying to find this treasure. And then the entire time, the treasure all along was the journey itself. And, you know, it sounds super cheesy when I said it like that, but like the story that was told is just powerful in that. And I think within that, just like a lot of self-help books, whether it's just like reflecting on myself, I'm always into. Um, what do y'all think? Like what, like, what are some big books that you've probably come across this past, like, I guess, year or so? Well, I have um, the Alchemist on my coffee table right now. 
Like, I could literally oh. reach to it right now. And have, stuff. That's actually like one of the only books that I've read. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Jamar mentioned before that he doesn't read. I have the alchemist too, but I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. I have this tendency where I just buy books and it just sits there beautifully. Then yeah. I'll try to read the first few pages, but mm-hmm. I'll read it eventually. But I've um, heard of that one before. In regards, I've been using Audible. Yeah, that's much easier. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think I'm going to try that for the Trevor Noah book. But here's the thing. Mm. I bought the Trevor Noah book and I told myself that I'm going to do the Audible because I don't know, I need captions. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to read it at the same time. And it's a really quick book. I think the Audible is just eight hours. So that's something I want to try out. But back to your question about what are thoughts on the self-help book. I've actually finished a few. I don't know. It's it kind of can get boring to me, but it can kind of get interesting depending how I feel. You know, yeah. whenever whenever I'm feeling shitty, oh god, okay, let me let me just let me just read something about mental health or like yeah. Whenever I'm like needing a push, let me just read this book by Rachel Hollis or whenever a guy's pissing me off. Let me just read why men love bitches. Okay, let me just fucking read that shit. Is that a real book? It's a real book. It's right there within reach. (laughs) Table right there. (laughs) Right there. It just it with these self-help books, it's regards to how I'm feeling in the moment, you know, so. That's why I kind of asked you, like, how would you feel when you wanted to open up? that yeah yeah no, I, I definitely think it was around just communicating better with people just wanting to be able to nap I think I, I know what it is it was the fascination of how people can work a room like there's people that can just get on the stage and just like move people with the way they talk with the way they story tell or just the people that move a room even in like a social setting like I have friends that I look at and I'm like I don't know how you just did that but like everybody's listening to your conversation and there's mm-hmm. something about how you did it but that's powerful um and so I think for me I never want to be somebody that my conversation is boring I want to be someone that everyone like gets something out of it you know whether it's something valuable to them whether it's a, just like a lighthearted moment positivity um that's kind of what I want to exude when I talk to people because I've been around people that are you know boring dull or you know completely self-centered and that's stuff that I don't want to put out. Um, so I just think about how do I continue to study, you know, just the art of people, what, what makes people really move. Um, I, and I think people just at the center of it, like that's what I'm passionate about. So if you want to influence people, if you want to move people, if you have an idea that you want to push out, it always comes back to the people and the people or the community that you build. So I guess that's kind of how it led to the community piece. I've just always wanted to influence a group of people, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's a good question. I like that. Yeah. You do have a point that when you talk to someone and when you're grabbed into their attention, you're just like, oh, my God, how do they do that? And then once you study in the art of conversation, you realize that it's more or less about yourself. Right. I fucking hate it when people want to turn around and just say, (laughs) oh, you got a horse. I got a bigger horse. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Me, too. Or the people that talk about like a situation, you're like having a bad day and their day was worse. You you never want to be that person. I fucking hate that. It's not about you. Story toppers. Yeah. Story toppers. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing that was starting. Here's the practice that I tried to start doing when I'm talking to people. Someone's venting to me. I've always started the conversation after they go on a full rant. Okay. What do you, what would you like for me to do? Do you want my (laughs) advice? Would you like for me to just listen and, and Mm -hmm. let you talk? You know, what is it? Because some people just want to rant just because they want to rant. 
and then they enjoy that conversation with just you listening i think there's this book um that i have that i read the first few pages to i forgot the name of it maybe it was talk like ted i don't know i forgot which one it was one of these freaking books but i think it was the art how to speak how to how to speak how to listen and they talk about the four different types of conversations like the counterparts of reading and writing you can't do it without one or the other and speaking and listening you can't do it without one or the other right so in order to be a natural conversationalist you have to listen to people yeah no you have to listen in order to carry the conversation so Mm -hmm. i think that's amazing how people like jordan belfort you know we know that he's a very great salesperson Mm -hmm. but something about the way that he talks and listens to other people it engages them in conversation like as soon as he speaks he's just like oh shit he's amazing i actually do want to buy that pen right mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know if it's the accent or him but yeah <laughs> wolf of washington <laughs> one of my favorite movies it's toxic in many ways Definitely. of how he like came up to what he was doing but like the hustle mentality of it that stuff that gets me going man. just like that mm-hmm. whole story or another movie that I, I talk about all the time is the social network and seeing like the Mark Zuckerberg climb up. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess they probably portrayed him in a bad way. I don't know the history behind it, but despite that, like I, I'm always uh, fascinated by that, like really charismatic, you know, but also like kind of like douchey, but also really smart and know what they're doing type of characters, you know, like the Tony Starks and you name it. Like those are my mm-hmm. characters that I'm big fans of just the way they kind of move rooms, but also just like know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? So. I guess it depends if you're really interested in what they're talking about because yeah yeah right like i probably wouldn't be listening to someone if they're talking about math you know mm-hmm. but if you're listening to elon musk and people with money hell yeah i'm gonna mm-hmm. gauge in and listen to that right yeah yes. how does a person like like what are some tips for people to like be able to captivate like their audience to like catch their attention and everything. Because like, I know with me, when I'm speaking about something, um, I have to be like real passionate about it. If it's something like that, I don't really care about. I'll just be like the most dull person ever. But if it's like something like say like about cameras, I'll be like going on and on about it and everything. So it's just like, how do you have that with everything that you speak of? like speaking man that's like an intrinsic question of like why do i exist you know like what's my purpose i think when you have that answer like that's kind mm-hmm. of what what out of i i have people that i've worked with in the past who will give a training about you know a, a software a platform but the passion that they speak with it and the mm-hmm. movements and then the change of their tone it's it's a really exciting thing to listen to and like they talk like that about a software or about you know mm-hmm. like jordan belfort and his pen you know whatever the case may be mm-hmm. but it gets you going I try to be mindful of that too. Um, if, if you all are familiar with Tony Robbins, I went to like a small section of his conference once and he's super exciting to listen to. He's always passionate when he talks. If you haven't heard him uh, speak for anyone listening to this, to the show. But um, there was one piece that he said when he said to, uh, to the crowd, I want you to introduce yourself like to, to this the person across from you. Like they are like the bane of your existence. You hate them. Um, and you never want to see them again. You have no idea why you even have to touch them or talk to them. And then everybody's dejected, shoulders down, like not looking at them in their eyes, like barely giving them a hand. 
and the exercise switches and he says, I want you to talk to this person. Like they're like your long lost friend. You haven't seen him in five to 10 years. What do you do? And then, you know, everybody's like running to this person, like, oh my God, so good to see you. Eyes wide, a lot of hand gestures. And that gives a different feeling. And so that's mm -hmm. a piece for me. Like, it's just a, it's a set of posture. And when I, when I'm trying to introduce mm -hmm. myself to people, I try to keep that in mind. Like, am I like just shoulders down? Like not looking mm -hmm. at them sounding a little low in my tone. Cause they're going to pick that up. And, you know, so stuff like that, I, I stay cognizant of. And I think Tony Robbins does it so good. And he's just like passionate and like his voice is raspy because he's always yelling. So I'm sure mm -hmm. he does it so much. Yeah. That's great. really true. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's keeping that vibe for when you're, interacting with someone like yep. you don't want to talk to someone who's hella sad all the time like, <laughs> hey hey like he <laughs> walks in and you're disappointed so in regards to continuing conversation and community building and this pandemic what ways have you tried to keep connecting with people during this period yeah this is a big question right? yeah especially if you're like mm -hmm. um i know a lot of my single friends struggling out here you know like this is like the hard time to be to be looking but like just in general like you just need somebody to talk to for me it, it was it was crazy because you know with over the top we planned events and we were like at least for me like a lot of it comes with socializing being out and then just personally mm -hmm. i just i'm always out and i love to be out just engaging with people, talking, feeling like I'm having conversation. And so, you know, I'd be out in Oakland on a Friday night, you know, go to San Francisco on a Saturday, come across the bridge, you know, always looking for some sort of community to interact with. Um, and now all of that changed once the pandemic hit, like all of my plans from like a Thursday through Sunday were completely different. Um, even mm -hmm. my Sundays, I was super involved with church and being there active every day. That was a big part of my community that, I, that, I'm, that I'm involved with. I couldn't even have that. Right. And that's like a spiritual place that I that I that, that I find near and dear to me. So basically, like a lot of it was virtual. It was cool for the first like two weeks, you know, happy hours everywhere. <laughs> you know, everybody got their new backgrounds, like we're mm -hmm. all playing in Zoom now. Um, and then over time it just kind of like drained out. Um, so I think for me, like I I, I hit a pretty big lull. Um, over the top community, we didn't really throw any events just because of like trying to navigate things. So that was a big introspective moment for like our business and how we kind of shifted uh, from from last year. Um, but then ultimately, like, I'm not gonna lie, a big, big community that I built out was like my Call of Duty community. I hadn't played Call of Duty in a minute. So, you know, I got my Warzone <laughs> community. You know, I found a bunch of cousins mm -hmm. and friends from back in the day that I haven't seen or talked to. And now we talk every day, even today, just like getting online, like talking it up. Mm -hmm. um, definitely mm -hmm. not the same community, uh, but completely just a different, uh, I guess, avenue to like connect with people. Um, so that's kind of like the short of it and kind of how I dealt with it. I think over the time that kind of kept me kind of slow. Um, and so what we've been doing as things started to progress with COVID is uh, find the, the new outlets, like find the holes in the system of what we could do. Um, so for my birthday in October, when things were kind of light, but before they picked back up with COVID, I planned a trip to Cabo. You, you all been to Cabo before? Mm -hmm. I haven't. I haven't. Oh gosh, <laughs> amazing experience. What my roommate uh, at the time had described it as Vegas, but cheaper. So mm. um, we didn't get to do all the the full like partying aspect of it, like Vegas. But we went to Cabo, had an amazing mm. experience, and it was kind of a beta to what we wanted our over the top community to push out. You know, we're not doing large events anymore. We're not throwing events in venues. Um, but how do we like transition that community that we had to destinations and go somewhere with like a smaller, intimate group 
of 10 to 15 people to try to keep things COVID safe and things like that. Had an amazing trip, best trip of my life, hands down. We made a music video to um, the, the pop star, the pop star music video to Drake. We just recreated it. It was a full experience. And like, that was like a crazy way to just like find rhythm to a business centered around big events to make it more intimate and build a, a more intimate community. So from there, we like did another trip for Kyle's birthday again, keep bringing him up, shout out to Kyle. Um, and then we did a, a trip for him uh, this past month. I uh, went to Breckenridge, Colorado. Most of us went snowboarding for the first time. A lot of similar people from that trip went, but we added in some new folks that were able to make it. They're now a part of this over the top community. We're expanding out. And so like, I think what we learned was like, no matter what, there's always a way to kind of build community. Um, but you know, in COVID you kind of figure out the little ways to navigate um, how to how to do that, right? So it wasn't all lost, I guess you can say. And so like now we found a new way and needs to kind of continue to push that forward. Did you try considering virtual socialization? Yeah, um, I think I think it was it was, it was tough because just like the, the the Zoom fatigue, I think people just got tired yeah. of like the, the virtual world. And there's definitely value to it, you know. Don't get me wrong, but you know, like you have to have some sort of activity attached to it. Like I don't know if you've all had any success with anything virtually, but like Call of Duty is the closest to that. But that's because we're playing a full video game. But other than that, like uh, I don't know, like I haven't really tried virtual like gym communities or you know, all these other things that I've seen around, but I'm curious, what do you, what do you all think? Would anything work for you? Well, I'm uh, on Call of Duty too, so I got the same experience. <laughs> yeah, you'll be doing it. Yeah. I think the only one thing that I've done during this period that encouraged some sort of socialization was the fundraiser for NAACP. That was the one that I had. And what that entailed was getting a DJ to play on Twitch and invited a lot of people and and had people donate as they were on Twitch. And then of course there's a chat room and such, but that one was like really fun because he was slapping all the good songs, right? Um, that was the only one idea that I had. And then of course, like with between coworkers and team members hosting games and stuff, right? Because there's more than just like sitting mm -hmm. there and talking and having some conversations. You can host like trivias yeah. and, and and weird ass games or like I don't know. I don't know. That was just some ideas that I had that I have incorporated. I actually thought about like doing something like for the community, but I'm not like I don't know. I thought that was a lot of work for me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like yeah, mm, no. nah. <laughs> you did bring up a good point though. Just talking about like. Uh a lot of if anything 2020 you know may have not been a party year but it was definitely like a big year politically and like you know of social activism so yeah. we did tie in like some things around that because i think at the end of the day we, we can't just try to push something that's not going to happen but that was huge at that year so i think even for our business we planned events around um uh, the, the the election and like just getting voter registrants and so we pushed to get over like 250 people voted um or to get registered to vote online just all across the uh the country um so so we did something like that virtually um, um so and and just to that i think a lot of people did start to push out more of those types of activities because that's all possible virtually to get right. active you know, to be involved in that way right because you did the social fit club too right yeah, yeah, we worked with them. We worked with them. Um, they were able to give us space to to um, to work uh, uh, just a little booth and pretty much just have people pull up 
whenever people actually just went to 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 their uh, to their workout and shout out to Social Fit Club, a great community that they're building out um, in San Francisco. You know, mm-hmm. basically we said, hey, your community is here. They're doing this. By the way, let's just get them registered to vote. Like, let's just mm-hmm. support this. Mm-hmm. And people were on that. I think. Um, all across the board, like everybody's for social activism, especially, which is kind of interesting seeing how tech companies have gone like, oh yeah, this is cool. Versus before it was like, don't talk about it in the office. But now, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, no, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think you have for people who who get more socialization? Like, do you have any advice for them? Because I'm pretty sure there are some people who are craving socialization. Like me, it's been a year now. I just want some more. So, right. Just but of course, being, huh? Just talk to your mailman or someone, whoever's like, yeah. I've been, you know what? I've been texting people. Hey, how you doing? Like, you know, I haven't talked to you in the past week. Like, oh, yeah. Like, how have you been doing? Like, I think, I don't think mm-hmm. I haven't talked to you since the new year, you know? Yeah. yeah but, yeah. What's your advice for increasing socialization? It, it, it comes to community, honestly. I think community is so powerful in just anything. You know, if you want to build a mm-hmm. business, um, if you want to just like learn to do something new, um, level yourself up in some way, like community is probably the easiest way to do it. Um, I'm a big advocate of like just doing things together. It just makes it 10 times faster. I don't know what that mm-hmm. saying is. It's like, if you want to go somewhere, uh, fast, you do it alone. If you want to go somewhere far, do it together or something like that. I'm probably messing it up. Mm. It's something along those lines. But um, at the end of the day, like I'm super involved in the Butch communities. Personality-wise, that fits me because I'm an extrovert. I like getting to know a lot of people. But even introverts, right? If you want to just like even have virtual sessions or just like a community of people that you know you don't have to interact with as much and be more intimate, those are all available for whatever you're interested in. So for me, I'm yeah. very involved in my church community Definitely. that keeps me with my spiritual life going. Um, you know, I have my over-the-top community. Those people keep me grounded in all aspects of life. Uh, one, always making things over the top. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, over the top, we basically <laughs> amplify through celebration and there's no ver- a reason to there's nervous no there's no such thing as a reason to over celebrate a moment um so we make it over the top everything over the top um so i give that context because that group makes me over the top in every aspect of my life if i'm slacking in some way or just being real dull in the moment of something that you know whether it's my goals or my job they make sure they let me know like no that's not what you do you're, you're over the top you're, you're about doing everything above and beyond cool got it so that community keeps me in tabs. Um, just involved in a lot of different communities. You know, like my fraternity back in school keeps me just socially involved. Um, just, just in general, there's always a community. I mean, I'm sure you all have been involved in communities in your life that keep you kind of, mm-hmm. whether it's in shape, you know, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, uh, or whatever the case may be. So that, that's my biggest thing is just find, find the group and then just get involved there. Okay. So for some cases, for people, they're a little hesitant because of COVID. So mm-hmm. it would be an encouragement to find something online, essentially search up on Google or something, right? Like, yeah, or something safe. Yeah. No, but no, yeah. Even Googling it. I think, you know, I know, I know mm-hmm. a lot of groups of people that are doing things in just smaller groups, even if it's like hike clubs, if you're just trying to get active and just find places to hike, um, you know, it, even like if you're doing video shoots, I know groups mm-hmm. that do video shoots together in like smaller groups outdoors, um, fitness groups, running groups, a lot of things like that. Even if you're not into it for like the long run or just like the season, mm-hmm. I know a ton of people that just joined biking or cycling 
like just during COVID because there's nothing else to do. And like, that's yeah. a group of people you now met and can be friends with hopefully beyond just cycling. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone's craving a little like socializing because like I would consider myself an introvert and even I'm like, damn, I need to get out and do something and go talk yeah. to people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I can no, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, I have I have I have a few friends that are, you know, they they find themselves to be introverts, but like their biggest passions are around music. And music's an easy mm -hmm. thing. You can listen to music together, you can talk about music together. Um, I know, you know, you know, for for, for anyone who goes to the barbershop, a, a big thing is just talking about sports, music, pop culture. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a community of its own too, right? People that go to the barbershop together. So you can find those type of conversations in different platforms. I mean, you see Clubhouse is now booming because um, mm -hmm. people want to just talk about stuff, right? People just want to be somewhere to talk about whatever. Granted, Clubhouse gets a little ratchet sometimes. I don't know if y'all been on it, but yeah, um, there are things to talk about <laughs> some stuff that can be insightful to whoever's listening. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you think people are dating during COVID? Um, a lot of my friends are on the apps. Um, they said they got FaceTime <laughs> on the apps. So I guess that's popular. Um, they you gotta be really time on the apps. I never knew yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a little video chats on them, uh -huh. apparently. So, you know, who needs to get a you know phone number? You just go straight to mm -hmm. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you saw Bumble just, I, they, they, I think they just IPO'd, IPO'd and they're like mm -hmm. in the billions. And I think that's like big yeah. um, validation that, like, mm -hmm. at, the, at, the, at the end of the day, people still want to date. You know, like that's like mm -hmm. a big piece of socialization is like, you know, you go out, you know, sometimes you're into meeting somebody new, you know, especially for the single people, which is a lot of people in this world. So always going to be a market for single people, you know, just like there's a market mm -hmm. for food you know, or, or breathing air, I guess. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a it's a big valid you know, proof point. There's always going to be a market for people who die and people who want to date. Well, it's <laughs> so. all true. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. So there's always gonna be a market for single people. Come on now. <laughs> you think there's gonna be a market for like oh, no, they can't come up with something new like that. That'll be so stupid. Like, what? no, no, that, that actually actually there's no, a market Tinder. for everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's I heard there's a market for for human baby milk. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like people want to buy. Can't produce, yeah, people who can't produce milk. Maybe. Oh, I, I was, I was saying it in a way that like there's, there's lifters who actually drink that because it has a lot of protein in it. Oh damn! Oh, wow. I, I so like very, very distinctive. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting reduced that. Soy baby human. <laughs> wow, women's breasts. That's yeah, interesting. I think about that. Well, I mean, they take it out the cow, so I guess you know, why not? I don't know. <laughs> right. right. Now, before we go into the lightning round, I kind of wanted to open up your final thoughts about socialization during the pandemic. And what do you think is going to be different when we get back? Do you think people are going to be a little more hesitant? You know, it's, I think it's hesitant. Yeah, it's hesitant right now. Um, you know, but there are people that just like jump at the opportunity. You know, we, 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 we had the first trip that we planned, you know, starting things back up with the over the top planning was in Cabo. And that, there was some hesitancy there, but I thought that was a pretty exciting opportunity. You know, we're trying to go to Cabo, but obviously people were like, no, out the country, it's a little unsafe. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then the second time we did it in January, we went to Breckenridge, Colorado. So not as exciting, local, cold, so there's no beach, but you have like the activities of snowboarding, which actually snowboarding in Colorado is much more expensive than the trip to Cabo. I'm gonna just throw that out there. It's crazy, I did not realize <laughs> that. Snowboarding is an expensive sport. And within 24 hours, we had all of our spots kind of filled out for the lodge you know, to go to Colorado. And that's interesting because I think there was a spike in COVID around this time and October wasn't so bad. Um, and so it just kind of showed like there's demand of like, oh, this is a guaranteed good time that's going to be safe. Yes, lock me in. So mm-hmm. I imagine like for the next trip that we're planning, we're going to announce pretty soon, um, there's going to be that demand and people are going to be more loose about it. The vaccine is coming out. Um, it's not going to be as quick of a spike, but even in like Miami, if Atlanta's any kind of precedent to it, these two cities are booming in the nightclub mm-hmm. industry right now. It's like nothing is going on. So I imagine like 2022, 2023, it's going to be like the roaring twenties all over again, mm-hmm. just partying mm-hmm. and like going crazy. Is this going to go through the roof traveling? Mm-hmm. So that's where the money's going to be. And I think I'm kind of in a good place right now to kind of tackle that pivot. You know, like everybody says during these hard times is when companies are made, made or break broken. Right now, we're really trying to capitalize on that space of building this mm-hmm. community that wants to have a good time, um, that's validated to be a good time um, before it all just explodes into like everybody's going back out in the world. Um, mm-hmm. I looked it up historically, the Great Depression was then followed by, or yeah, after the Roaring Twenties, it was the Great Depression. So hopefully we don't go into a, a, an economic downturn as a country. Um, but, um, and if anything, I do feel like we are entering that era of the roaring twenties going out, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. a good time. So at this very moment, we're pretty much at the thick of it as it's going to start to open back up, you know, find that niche in the, in the socialization space if you can. So that that's exactly what I think is going to happen. I think when, um, COVID starts to like die down and more places start to open up, I think everything is going to start to boom and everyone's going to be wanting to go out and spend money. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about it. Like, I, I, I mm-hmm. before we even started going on these trips, they said, okay, I, how much do I need to spend to just do something fun? And I don't know what, mm-hmm. what that price is for you all, but for me, like, I'm, I'm dropping the stack on the next trip available at this point, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I know last year, Jamar said that he wanted to travel the world for his New Year's <laughs> resolution. <laughs> I had um, <laughs> Hong Kong planned in February. Yeah. And then um, COVID happened. Yeah. So it was a good thing I didn't go over there because God damn, I'd probably be stuck over there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. I was um I was in Mardi Gras this time last year. Wow. This yeah. February. So, oh, right in the thick of it. I had it was the last hurrah. And I think afterwards New Orleans was hit by COVID because of how many people went there for Mardi Gras. <laughs> damn, dude. Cause at during that time it was China that was closing down. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily the u.s and then when i came back to work they're like oh well the google office is closed and my boss was like don't come in don't come mm. in and i didn't know that it was just gonna be forever so i feel like the u.s when it really hit us was when um what's his name gobert in the nba when oh, he yeah, tested yeah, positive yeah. and then they shut that's down the game mm, yeah yeah then, that's like, when they're... tom hanks came out with it right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. serious yeah and then like yeah. a day later they just shut everything down yeah that was mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that March Madness hit crazy. too. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The yeah. Olympics and Coachella, and then everyone went crazy. Coachella got <laughs> everyone went crazy. You know what? Coachella. I remember uh, Lovers and Friends. That was that festival that we were questioning if it was even real. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. tickets to that, and then uh, they were like, "Okay, come back in August." And then that was even canceled. You ever get in refunded? August. Yeah, I got refunded. Yeah, mm. a better. I heard money. a bunch of people from Coachella didn't get refunded. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's going to be really crazy. People are going to be like losing their minds when they get back out. Legit. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Well, question, question for you all. What's the next? When do you think you're going to be comfortable with just traveling? recreationally not not for work but just like recreationally go somewhere that you can go like brazil or costa rica when do you think that's that that's gonna be for you um probably when i get the vaccine oh you you're end of the year i'm i think towards the end of the year towards the end of the year and beginning next year but i'll probably still be wearing a mask everywhere i don't think Mm -hmm. masks are gonna go away for a while and like yeah i don't i don't think it's gonna go away for a while mass but i think people will start to travel and everything probably towards the end of this year or towards yeah. the summertime probably i think things will start to get back to normal i mean i'm hoping i'm hoping so mm-hmm. hopefully yeah 2022 will definitely be the year things will start moving mm-hmm. i'm seeing I'm calling it right here yeah for sure for sure so much money is going to be spent yo in 2022 watch and hella people going to be knocked up too yeah. <laughs> Post COVID babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some lightning round questions for you. Let's do it. What's your go-to dance move? Ooh, go-to dance move. That's a hard one. <laughs> I got a couple. Uh, what's my go-to? I feel like I hit one of these every now and then. I don't know. If you, uh, this is like too big. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like that's me. What? What is me? Like maybe one of these hands in the air, kind of vibe. <laughs> Jmar, do you um, even dance? Yeah, I do. Jmar is watching, and I'm just like curious. Yo, if I used even to. I used to turf, yo. I used to oh. turf back in like hyphy days, yo. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, try so, keep, I try to keep my Bay Area dances too. That's also another mm-hmm. thing I try to like pick up. <laughs> I get made fun of from Bay Area people. They don't claim me yet, so we're working on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say anything to that. You already know the answer. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, so you have the hands in the air, wave them like you just don't care, and what else you got? A little hit the hit hit uh, the, the hit it the whoa, but it just it just became popularized, very Americanized after TikTok mm-hmm. took it. So I, it's like you can't really do it anymore with as much culture. I remember, it, you know? remember when everyone was dabbing? <laughs> oh oh <man>. yeah, <laughs> that was like 2016, right? Yeah, and the Nancy yeah. took it over. After Nancy started doing it, you can't do it as much. Yeah. You know? Fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> Always got to ruin it. Always got to fucking ruin it. So what is your go-to dance move now, Jamar? Right now? Shit, yeah. Probably Dougie. Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> that Dougie, yo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Dougie. so funny. Mm-hmm. I could see that. If you could only listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's not fair. It's always going to be Drake. All right. I'm definitely a fanboy. So, you know, Take Care is probably the classic. You can probably listen to that. I might be sad the rest of my life if it's literally only that album. <laughs> but, you know, there's some love. There's a little bit of hype into it, you know. We're going we're gonna to go with Take Care. 
Can't go wrong with take care. Good choice. Good choice. J Mar, yours is J Cole, right? For his Hill Drive. Yeah, of course. It's J Cole. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That the yeah. concert he put on was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah it's an amazing concert. What's yours, Christian? I'm always gonna take Beyonce. I'm gonna take B Day. Ooh. That's that's a good one. It has like all the like lively hits. Mm. It's like her like normally like every song in that album is basically in her performances, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you can have an extra hour of free time every day, how would you use it? Man, I, I sound like a workaholic when it's like just do something, you know, building the biz. I mean, building any brand or business is just a lot of work. I'd probably like put it into that. I say that, but if I'm productive on my day, it'll probably just be playing Call of Duty at this point. Um, I wish I could be doing something else, but, or, or say like pick up a new hobby, like learn an instrument, but I'd probably play Call of Duty in actuality. Um, I'd like to say it's like building out the brand or finding a way to keep the community talking about something, but it's probably Call of Duty. Yeah. It's sad. I didn't get Rest is important. Rest is important, <laughs> yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. We're working like 16 hour days, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very true. If you can okay. have an endless supply of food, what would it be? Endless supply of food. Mm. You know, I could really do with some mac and cheese. So, I'm just gonna go with my favorite foods mac and cheese, always, always and forever. Um, if you're from Miami, you know what a pastelito de guayaba is. I haven't eaten a lot of those since I've been trying to watch the diet, but that's always a plus. What is that? I don't I have no uh, idea what that is. So it's, a, it's a guava pastry. Um, it's like a guava mm-hmm. puff pastry. Um, it's like sugar-coated on the top. Um, it's mm. golden. The guava is just like oozing out of it. It's just deliciousness. Um, it's a very My common Cuban growling. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. You see it a lot in Miami. Um New York, you know, LA, all like the very like Latin centric places mm-hmm. will have uh, those pastries. But Miami, especially, there's a ton of those pastries on top of like a tres leche. That's also my favorite dessert. Um, I'm just going to go on an endless list of food, but let's just go with mac and cheese. That, that's like my favorite food. Sh- mm. uh, sushi, too. Sushi has been coming up on mm. my list lately. Can't go wrong with sushi. I was just going to say you're talking about diet and then you said, oh, but I'll take mac and cheese. Yeah. I mean, when you're on a diet, because right now I'm eating things like rice cakes with protein frostings. Oh, Um, can't do that shit, yo. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that shit. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, it's it's COVID and you got a lot of time to yourself. But, you know, it makes Mm -hmm. you think about mac and cheese a lot more. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to crave it. Well, I had a really fun, engaging conversation with you since that was kind of like the topic for today, engaging with one another mm-hmm. and continuing the conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah, y- y'all are very easy people to talk to. Keep the thing going. I'm really excited to be on here. Thank you for <laughs> thinking about me. So keep it going. Keep the conversation flowing. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you, for your time and for anyone who's curious about what the fuck is going on with my camera i don't know i have no idea so mm-hmm. we'll fix that for next time well for everyone <laughs> listening um where can they find you on yeah find me uh main source is instagram at the don dale the name came from a youtube channel that i made a long time ago t-h-e-d-a-n-d-a-l-e but more importantly 
follow over the top XP on Instagram or just visit us on our website over the top XP.com. That's where we curate events, build our community of really dope people that like to do dope things together and support each other and build their businesses. So follow those. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure having you and thank you to everyone who listened and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you.